Look here. We're back with another edition of Making Money with the financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager. I'm Gord Whitehead along for the ride, retired broadcaster. Ron, we want to touch on a subject here. Anecdotally, I just want to, I want to tell a story about a friend of mine won tickets to the Masters a few years ago. Every golfer's dream is to go to Augusta, and he was generous enough to take my wife and I along with he and his wife to go down to Augusta. And we stayed just over the, the Georgia-South Carolina border in a small town that had seen better days. It was on pretty tough times. I could not believe how many Dollar Generals, Dollar Trees, Dollar Stores there were in that area. And now, that's what we're going to talk about today is the proliferation of the Dollar Store, if you will. Yeah, the Dollar Stores are really um, have taken over the landscape and... Part of that is because we've seen a demise of so many other uh, types of retailers. I mean, just go down the list. Abercrombie & Finch, The Gap, Ann Taylor, Sears, Toys R Us, GNC, Michael Kors, Lord & Taylor, Foot Locker, J. Crew, Banana Republic, and the list goes on and on. You know, these are just some of the names that have recently either shrunk their uh, retail footprint or 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 closed entirely. Well, Sears is an example of that, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and in our current environment, margins have been reduced to dust, and competition for consumer dollars intense, especially from, you know, online now. There's so many other places people can go. So it's been, the retail landscape has been a very, very tough place to to invest and for conventional retailers, I mean, it, it's been devastating the last couple of years. Has capacity had a lot to do with that? I mean, we were building shopping centers at a furious rate everywhere in North America, right? And you knew that that couldn't last. Well, in the United States, for example, has 40% more retail space per capita than Canada does. The United States has twice the space per capita as Australia and six times the retail space per capita of Japan and Western Europe. I mean, especially in the U.S. and in Canada, we tend to be shopping crazy. And this has really resulted in a glut of retailers and has just caused many chains to have to make dramatic cuts because with the pandemic and just with the fact that people's paychecks, the buying power of those paychecks keeps getting smaller and smaller. It's tough when you have a very, very competitive environment and less dollars to go around. Uh, for all these retailers to survive. So overcapacity has been a big issue. And frankly, there could be a lot more mall closings and store closings yet to to get down to the size of the retail market in places like Japan and Western Europe. Online, as you say, has been such a big part of this and, and tied into, into COVID. I mean, we've been at home for, what, 19 months or for the most part, a lot of people. And and online shopping has just gone through the roof, right? Yeah, and and those are two big factors that you you just mentioned that have made it very difficult for brick and mortar retailers is the fact that you know you've got a lot of competition from online and young people especially really enjoy the convenience of shopping online. They're much more attuned uh, to getting online. They can navigate themselves around better. I know for me, sometimes it's just easier going to a brick and mortar store because by the time I get on the site and get myself a password and log in, 
and start navigating my around my way around and get kicked out of the site a few times. Often it's just faster going down to the store and buying something. <laughs> you know what I mean? But young people, you know, like my kids, they buy online for the simple reason. They say, Dad, it's just so much more convenient. I can sit on the couch and I don't have to go anywhere and I can buy what I want, and especially now with COVID-19. Uh, the lockdowns have forced people to, to stay at home. And if you go out, you've got to have masks. You've got to wipe, wipe your hands. You've got to be careful what you touch. They don't allow you to put the clothes on in many places. Just difficult. So all this has really made it very difficult for retailers. And, and you look at their stock prices. Uh, it hasn't been a pretty place to invest here over the last couple of years. But the opposite side of that is what we're talking about. The dollar stores have been a real bright spot here. Dollar stores have been amazing. And one in three store openings in the U.S. are dollar stores. And like you say, when you went to the Masters, even small towns have dollar stores, often a couple of them competing against one another. Exactly, yeah. And so uh, this... The dollar store format has really taken the retail landscape by storm and uh, has become a favorite among growth-oriented investors. And so uh, we want to talk about dollar stores today as if you're looking at investing. What we've tried to do through these different series, you know, like we've had series on waste management and oil and gas and gold and utility stocks, and the list goes on and on. And what we try to do is about once a month take a particular sector of the economy and take a look at it as an educational feature so that our listeners, because most of our listeners, surprisingly enough, they own stocks. They like to own stocks. And we're trying to give you ideas of places and sectors to look at that can help you expand your portfolio beyond what Albertans typically buy. Real estate, oil and gas, that tends to be the bulk of their portfolio. So we're trying to help you expand your horizon a little bit. And full disclosure, and you and I were talking about this prior to recording today, that uh, you know we both go to Dollar Store. You know, if you're having a birthday party or a, you know a, a celebration of some sort, and you're having some people over, although that has been kind of a challenge of late, but let's let's talk in that generality. You want to go get some disposable glasses, or you know things like that, or paper plates, or co- not very costly items that. Maybe you can't access online. The, the availability of getting that stuff online just isn't there, or it's not as efficient, if you will. Yeah, I mean, uh, dollar stores tend to have stuff that often is bulky or, or very, very small little things. Like, are you going to ship something? You might need some, uh, like we were talking before, if you're going to hang some pictures and you need four or five little hangers to hang pictures, are you going to or go online and spend $2 on uh, wall hangers and then $10 to get it delivered? I don't think so. So the dollar stores have a very nice niche that, frankly, the big retailers and the e-commerce people, they don't like to touch this sector. And so, uh, you know, the e-commerce crowd is going to look elsewhere for more profitable opportunities. And so this leaves a lot of, of playground for the dollar stores uh, to buy merchandise that's free from that really crushing competition. And let's be honest, with the way things are going, the cost of living is increasing. We've been warning about inflation for some time now, and it's upon us. 
And that, as you say, that paycheck, paycheck is shrinking a little bit. So people are looking for more inexpensive things to shop for. It's just, it's a budget thing, right? Well, people with less money uh, go to dollar stores. I mean, frankly, I go to dollar stores too. My wife goes to dollar stores. Why, why pay a very expensive price for something uh, that you can often get ex- way cheaper somewhere else? And, and I think even, even people that have done well financially aren't immune to saving money. And frankly, that's how they got there in the first place was uh, they looked after their pennies. You know, the old saying, you look after your pennies and your dollars look after themselves. Well, I mean, that's a little outdated because we don't even have pennies anymore. But, you know, if you look after your nickels, your dollars still, or your loonies look after themselves at least. So as you get more and more people that want to save money, that are tightening up their belts, well, the, the dollar stores are just a natural beneficiary of that. And I would think as the economy continues to shrink, they're only going to prosper that much more, I would well, imagine. That's what I think, too. And, and that's why I thought this show was rather rather timely. You know, we've, we've had a, a long expansion, literally going back to 2010, where we've had essentially, other than a brief pullback when COVID started, we've had economies and markets expanding. And going forward... If things slow down, eventually we'll have a recession. And when things slow down, a uh, dollar stores are a good idea to keep in your investment quiver. Because often you'll find that when the economy slow down and more and more people or customers get attracted to places like the dollar stores, they can actually be what we call counter-cyclical gore which they do better when times are not as good because they just attract more people because more people have to start thinking about saving money. So uh, dollar stores are something, especially if we go into recession, they're an idea that you want to have in your investment quiver so that when things slow down, there's places you can go to invest where you can still make some money. I, I used to work with a fellow who had a brother uh, down in southern Alberta in the Lethbridge area who opened one of these stores. And I remember having a conversation with, with this fellow, and I said, it's all about margins for them, I think. And he said, "That's it. you're exactly right. Some of the stuff they sell, they buy so inexpensively. And even if they mark it up to a dollar or two dollars, their margins just grow exponentially on it. You know, a plastic comb, for example, might sell for 75 cents to a dollar. But you can make these things for five cents each. So those kind of margins mean that uh, a high volume of small sales can be, still be very incredibly lucrative for them. And, and typically, dollar stores place themselves in not the high-rent districts. They place themselves in low-rent districts. So they're not having the high rent that you know uh, high-end fashion stores would have in the, in the major downtown areas where people with lots of money go to shop. So their overhead is a lot less and their margins are phenomenal. And I think one of the other things that that keeps people coming back, Ron, is that the inventory turns over constantly. Like every time you go into one of these places, it seems like there's something new and it's seasonal. Like right now they had, you know, Halloween stuff was out and they're getting ready for the festive season. They sort of stay ahead of the curve a little bit too. You know, people often go to garage sales. I had a very, very good friend of mine. His uh, 
he'd take me on garage sales every once in a while when we got together to stay at his place in Canmore. Uh, we'd go up for the weekend, and Saturday morning, him and his wife were in the car by 8 o'clock. They stopped and got their coffees. Then they went and hit about 10 garage sales. And I asked them why they did that, and they said, well, it, we like it because it's what we call a treasure hunt. Uh, we're always amazed at the things that we find that we never expected or never thought we'd look for. And of course, as you say, with the dollar stores, merchandise is continually turned over and changed. So a shopper never knows what bargains they can unearth. And a lot of people, they really like that kind of shopping. Okay, so we've talked a little bit about the the idea, sort of the business model. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. There, there are several different players in this sector. We use the term dollar store as sort of a generalization. There is actually one called Dollarama, right? Yes. And so uh, there's three main players that are publicly traded. There's, there's private players, too. But the ones that if you're looking for an investable place to put some money, especially if we have a recession, the three main players are number one, and it's a, the first one is Dollarama. It's a Canadian name. The symbol's DOL. It trades on Toronto. They have about 1,300 stores. And what I like about them is they're expanding into South and Central America. And, of course, these are areas where there, there's a large component of the population doesn't have a lot of money, and they're always looking for ways to expand their budgets and their buying power. And, of course, this is just a natural for them. So Dollarama is around $57. It's 18 times earnings. And its five-year growth rate is roughly 12% per year. So uh, growth investors have been looking at these stocks. They don't have a much of a dividend. In this case, 0.3%. But, Gord, 12% a year uh, in, in earnings growth, that's, that's amazing considering what we've gone through in the last four or five years. Okay, this is one I'm familiar with because I saw these a lot on that aforementioned trip. Dollar General. I, I'd never heard of them. And then I got down into that southern part of the States, and, and they, they were everywhere. And they're the 800-pound gorilla in the, in the room. Uh, they're symbols DG. They trade in, in, in New York. Their price is around $220. They're 19 times earnings. Have a yield of 0.8%. And they've grown at 16% per year in earnings growth over the last five years. And Donald Dollar General has 17,000 stores in the U.S., and they're growing like weeds. 17,000 stores. 17,000 stores. So they're huge compared to Dollarama, which has 1,300, or about oh, 7 or 8% of the total that Dollar General has. Okay, and the third player here is another American stock, Dollar Tree. And Dollar Tree has uh, about 15,000 stores because they've made it a number of acquisitions the last few years that have allowed them to grow, and they're located in the U.S. and Canada. Their price is around $101. The symbol is DLPR. They're 16 times earnings. They don't pay a dividend, and over the last five years, they've grown around 8% per year, so uh, all three of these have had very good, solid growth over time, and they're the main players in the group. So, you know, this is something, as, we, as I mentioned just uh, earlier in the show, this is the, these are the kind of stocks that we call them counter-cyclical. These are the kind of companies that generally do very well 
when economies slow down, you have uh, stagflation or you have deflation or you have um, economic bear markets. So uh, three good names, and hopefully we've uh, enlightened you a little bit on a growth sector within retail, which for the most part has been a desert. Well, there you go. And as we say, with inflation sort of chugging along and uh, doesn't appear to be much relief in sight as far as government spending more money, they're going to keep doing that. Inflation's going to keep nudging up. That dollar's going to shrink. Uh, these these might be well, not only a great place to shop, but maybe a great place to invest as well, right? Absolutely. Okay, there you go. By the way, if you have a question about this show or any other show we've done here on Making Money, make sure you send it to us. You can reach us through our website at letsmakemoney.ca or through the cfcw.com portal where the show is hosted, and Ron will be happy to take care of that in one of the upcoming episodes. We're back again next week with another edition of Making Money. On behalf of the financial coach Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. Thanks for joining us. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.